Hello, welcome to Raw Japan episode 74. This is Brandon Chin broadcasting from Itoshima, Fukuoka, and today we're going to speak about love in Japan. Love! Because I've been in love in Japan before, and、uh, contrary to what most people believe,、uh, they have this word in Japanese that is moteru, which is like moteru. Like,、um, basically, if you're, if you're a player, and it goes for both men and women, it's just if you、uh, get a lot of tail or lay a lot of people down to sleep. And contrary to what most people believe, I am not,、uh, not slanging every week. But maybe more than the average, but it's still not what you would, what I look like. And I think most people actually perceive black people to be, especially black dudes, to be very promiscuous. And although I do like to, <laughs> I don't know how to say that properly, <laughs> to, I like to have fun. I am not. Out every weekend looking for new new juice. That's pretty, that's pretty,、uh, that's pretty graphic. But I have been in love once in Japan, and I can tell you that story. I think I've spoken about it on one of the gratitude episodes. But、uh, my ex girlfriend back in 2014, I met. A Japanese a woman at、uh, her mother's Minshuku, which is like a hotel bed and breakfast kind of thing. And、um, I met her in BA in Hokkaido. And she was working there with her daughter, two year old daughter. She was a single mother. And I was there volunteering as a woofer, which is a volunteer with this organization that basically、uh, helps entrepreneurs that are running self sustainable projects, so environmentally sustainable projects that are looking for volunteers that also are interested in learning that country's culture. So it's like a cultural exchange for free boarding and food. And a lot of people do that、uh, out of interest for self sustainability and for traveling on a low budget. And I participated in this wolf program at my ex girlfriend's mother's Minshuku. And I met her there, and、uh, things got juicy. Is that, is that graphic? It helps though, right? It, it just brings it right. To, it doesn't beat around the bush. Oh, look at that one. And、um, yeah, so we laid down before we dated. And、uh, from there, we got closer and we still weren't dating. And things we're talking about. I was there for like two or three weeks. And in that short time, we came to a conclusion of okay, let's move to Kyoto together. Now, mind you, okay, 
I'm 22 at the time, 22, 23 transitioning, still a college student, university. I was taking classes online while I was in Japan. And of course, I had no money because I'm a univers- I was a university student. And I did not have the bachelor's degree that you need to at least teach English in Japan. So I was very broke. And,、uh, but, you know, I was putting it down. Let's just say it. I was putting it down. And she did not speak English. So my benefit was okay, first of all, I am attracted to this woman.、Um, I can really boost my Japanese level because、uh, at the time I wasn't conversationally fluent. And because、um, she spoke zero English. And.、Uh, I was quite interested actually in taking on the father role for this child because I like I liked challenges. And it was a really good way for me to mature and really learn about. I mean, I, overall, I'm just interested in. I think my strength is connecting people, I'm the bridge. And so this was just another facet of learning how to communicate better and really.、Uh, Understand relationships at their core and not just romantic relationships, right? This is familial stuff. And so I became a father for a year. We moved to Kyoto. She was 28 and I was 22, 23. So she's at a different point in her life, right? So she's looking for replacement dad or actually more than, yeah, more than just a partner. She was looking for a father. And I think I did that, I played that role well because. As I said, I was a student, so I didn't have a visa. I was on a three month tourist visa, and I had to go to Korea and Taiwan during、uh, our stint, in the beginning at least, because、um, I didn't have a visa. So, <coughs> Whee! That's, a dry, that's a dry throat, as you could tell. That gravel, that gravel voice. <laughs> um, yeah, so during that time, I went to Taiwan and Korea to reinstate my visa. It's tourist, no, no, visa run, visa run. And、uh, because I didn't have a visa, she was the one working, and I would be the one at home taking care of the kid. And I mean, the amount of trust someone needs to leave their kid, their young ass kid, with somebody they basically just met. I mean, and doesn't speak the native language fully. And I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, in Japan, foreigners, I mean, It's different with the trust level. Japanese people, with Japanese people uh, uh, I think because of the collectivist nature of the society, they trust their kin much quicker than they would a foreigner. And to see her just here, do it, I mean, was really, I was really appreciative. Uh, I think it has something to do with coming from Hokkaido and just not having a choice. You had to survive, right? 
But um, no, I think she just. Tr- I think she really just trusted me. Now that I think, now that I look back at it, because we'd go often to meet. Uh, we made some friends in the community, and um, they were always talking about how, like, they would talk to her when I wasn't there, and they would just always talk to. They would always tell me later that, man, she really loves you. Like as if they were like surprised. Like how could she? How could she love a foreigner so deeply? Uh, it was it was it was based on the trust she had with me and uh, her daughter's relationship because during that time when I didn't have the visa, she I was the one I was a stay at home dad and like bathing the kid right like that level of trust putting the kid to sleep like nah it doesn't come around often and so I respect her for that. And later during the relationship, I did get, uh, in, I graduated and then I used that diploma to get an English teaching job, which I quit in four months, five months, because I was like, nah. I mean, I used it as a way to stabilize myself in Japan, um, but it wasn't the goal, right? And so I quit it and used the remaining half of my one year visa to move. To Hokkaido to work at a hotel there. Actually, it went like this: I uh, was we were dating, and it was coming to a point where I first we were living together, and then I moved out, and because um, I needed space. I mean, it was pretty cramped, and crying kids, and the stress of uh, the language barrier was real and so i actually also i wanted to test our relationship like to see if it would last not just being not just being an antidote to loneliness which i thought at one point of the relationship i was like wait is is she just with me because she's uh lonely like she just doesn't want um to be lonely because at one point she was telling me about how she would always uh, she would always need to be with somebody. And it's funny because I didn't start to realize, I think I was just so blinded at first, right? That I was like, oh, yes. Uh, I was attracted to her. And it was in Hokkaido. The nature is beautiful. And she's taking me around. And I was just so infatuated with the whole situation. But once things started to get real, we moved to another city. She's away from her family that she like grew up around and worked with <clears throat> into her adult life and depended on, really. I mean, for emotional support after being, you know, after breaking up with her or getting a divorce with her husband, her ex-husband. Uh, it's important. Those bonds are important. And so moving away far away into a... Uh, city that most Japanese people will tell you that is very rigid and that people born in Kyoto are loyal to old-time traditions and beliefs in the way they communicate. You'll hear often people say, oh, Kyoto people are haraguroi. They don't really say what they mean. Uh, (coughs) I mean, I've spoken about that on previous episodes about Japanese people doing that in general, but Kyoto people take that to another extreme where they'll give you a bowl of rice or ochazuke at the end of the meal 
or whenever you're at somebody's house and they want you to leave, they're going to offer you a bowl of rice soup. And you're supposed to know that that means you need to get the hell out of their house. Otherwise, you are not up on the rules. And this really played into the way that my ex-girlfriend was able to connect with people in Kyoto, Japanese people. She wasn't really able to find friends uh, because, first of all, she's shy. And also, it's just different. Hokkaido people are more open and warm. They tell, they laugh, they're loud, they're frank. It's different. And all of those things manifested into, okay, we should break up. And uh, I went back with her to Hokkaido and used the rest of my visa to get a job at Hoshino Resorts. Because um, I, well, actually, I didn't explain that I quit. My quitting my English teaching job, you know, because I was in the I was in the dad position. Understand? In Japan, the the man is supposed to be making. It's changing now, but the man is traditionally the the one that is in the money making position. We both were working, but um, you know, it was it was it. There's a different. There's different expectations, right? And so I quit. I'm like, nah, I'm going to become a freelance writer, which I've been looking at doing since 2000, early 2014. So before I met her and um, like almost a year before I met her. And I, I mean, I was, I'm just going to go for it. Like I'm here. I got a little bit of cash. Let's try to make some uh, money with translation from Japanese to English and writing articles and stuff like that. And so I just, I made, like, I look back and I admire my boldness. Because I, I mean, I'm telling you, my Japanese was not that good, but I just had the courage to be like, nah, this is the time. And I went for it. I printed up cards. I went to events. I presented myself as a freelance translator and writer. And I was making contacts, sending out proposals emailing people to see if they needed writing and of course this was like within one month of it uh of me quitting it the relationship crumbled and it, it just it really proved to me though that um it was it, i the next long-term relationship that i get into uh <coughs> is going to be um, two holes, two, two uh, functional adults coming together rather than, and this has nothing to do with age. This has, I'm talking about emotional mature, maturity because, I mean, I wasn't either. And uh, I wasn't at a, I wasn't in a functional adult space either. I was relying on her approval and uh just it got kind of toxic at the end we're both relying on each other to to feel worthy and that is not a healthy situation and so we uh what within one month the relationship crumbled and we're like no let's not do this and i moved out of my apartment and moved back with her 
uh, after I quit that English job because I wanted to save money for marketing and also just a safety net. And uh, within that one month, we're like, nah, let's not do this. She's like, I'm moving back to Hokkaido. And I was like, okay, uh, let me use this opportunity because I still had another half a year, more than like seven months, basically, six, seven months on my visa. And I was like, okay, I'm here in Japan. I don't like English teaching, obviously. The freelance writing thing, I'm probably going to need a stable income while I do that. And so I looked up the all-inclusive like hotel jobs where you could get room and board and cheap food while you work there on the premises. And I found a nice uh, joint out in Hokkaido. And obviously, all the interviews and everything was in Japanese. And I was, I was, uh, hap- I was proud of myself for having improved from like really bad from when we start- first started dating. Uh, and within that year, basically, I was able to get to a point to get myself a job based on my own skills, and um, went there. Worked there for like five months, maybe, because it like there was a period of time before the season started. It was a seasonal ski resort, Hoshino Resorts, Tomamu. Ended up working there in the translation uh, department. Oh no, sorry, the reservation department where I did translation, but mostly communicating with um, their foreign customers. So and most of them were Chinese, and so speaking on the phone to other uh, to travel agents that are booking like massive reservations and it was like three of us three people handling all the English communication so I was in that inbox all day but let me tell you it was a real good experience for learning to for learning copywriting which I ended up it was just a weird turn of events like while during that time in the beginning of the job i was very um i was very down on myself oh man i was in love and now the relationship's over and i was just there was a little bit of there was shame and it affected my work style i wasn't present at the job but you know i i experienced another form of shame during in that Japanese company and I started to come out of the cloud and realize okay this is not something I want to do long term but it's a good experience to see inside a Japanese company get to use Kegel improve my Japanese further and like I said improve on my copywriting skills and are my writing skills and that was through copywriting because I'm replying to emails but I have to really uh whittle down my message to get it across to people that don't speak English as a first language. So I have to be crisp, clean, clear. And it really improved. I really improved my communication. Um, and then, you know, that ended. Uh, during that time, though, I could, I was, she was texting me. I was, I was the one, uh, I felt like I had, in, I had improved after the relationship where she was texting me drunk like oh i miss you my daughter talks about you all the time 
da 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 da. And, you know, it was a good experience. And it's so crazy because during that time I hadn't, I had enough space. I mean, I was in the mountains. This place is, if you look it up, Tamamu, it is literally four buildings in the middle of white mountains because it just snows like crazy in Hokkaido. Minus 20, 30 degrees Celsius, right? Uh, nothing else. You have to go to another city to go shopping for your food. And, um, Another city, or I mean, you gotta go like you gotta like, take the train and shit. <laughs> and <coughs> <coughs> I mean, you could take the bus. Well, no, you gotta take a bus down to uh, the train station, and then you had to go a little bit away if you wanted to get enough goods. And uh, I would basically buy for the month. And take up my whole check. I remember that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I couldn't buy fresh vegetables. That's right. I had to buy a lot of vegetable juice. And I remember my um, because they would like the vegetables would spoil so quick, and I wouldn't be able to uh, do that. Like you, because I was using part of the check, which I'll get to a little bit later, to for marketing. And um, the food, I couldn't get fresh vegetables because they would spoil so quickly because so, it's fresh, fresh, right? So I would get vegetable juice instead, like 100% vegetable juice. And I, my, the palms of my hands and the bottom the soles of my feet were turning orange because it was mostly carrot-based. And like orange, that's <laughs> how much I was drinking this vegetable juice. But anyway, the point of that was that I went to this hotel and I had space in the mountains to think about, okay, what am I going to do from here? Because obviously, English teaching is not a future in Japan. And uh, I, I know that I want to work for myself. So how can I do that? And so I just was like using a lot of my money for marketing materials, courses, studying. Like when I wasn't at the thing, I was using waking up early in the morning meditating doing and then using the rest of the time to study and write and then go come back home rest a little bit reading reading read like really using my time effectively and by the end of that time i had my first book written and printed and i went back to the u.s uh after that after my visa ended it was a one-year thing and uh spent uh, the next year and a half living with my parents to first in, within the first week of returning to the u.s started my company quill chin llc which is what all of this is under my books my guide, my guide experience this podcast all that stuff um and use that to write what four five six novels you could say four four printed novels uh, one of which is in the, a library in, the, in Florida, and the rest are available on Amazon and directly through my website. Um, and just really had time to, like it all played out well. And now I use that time to make enough money to come back to Japan. And then now I'm focusing on building this, um, I'm based in Itoshima now, and I'm focused on building this guide business as well as 
continuing to write my novels for you so that you can get a touch of Japan from abroad. So that was the journey of love in Japan for me. And like I said, I am not... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it without saying it, right? I'm not... I'm not... Uh, let's say I'm not getting juicy as often as men, many people think when they look at me. I know I got the I got the Playboy face, but really I'm I'm a geek, man. And uh I I <laughs> I use my time uh to pursue <laughs> It's like I'm it's like I'm Somebody, a lawyer is like uh, educating me on how to how to properly say this without without giving away what I really want to say, which is that I get juicy sometimes, but not as juicy as most people think, and I'm okay with that. And the next time I'm ready to go all in on. Moving from the juicy to the succulent, which means basically a long-term relationship, um, is when I am completely stable in uh, my business. And I already feel like I'm emotionally stable, but my business is what I am building right now. Building with you, my listeners. And... I'm happy to be transparent about that with you. Uh, also, love can be very energizing. So a lot of people say, well, yeah, actually, finding the right partner is actually a good way to um, support your endeavors, your long-term endeavors. And I agree with that. But also, it takes time and energy. And right now, I ain't got the time and energy for that. So I'm going to stay juicy, somewhat juicy, <laughs> and uh, <coughs> wait for the succulent to grow. So uh, that's, a, that's just my experience. I'm not telling, giving you love advice. I'm just telling you how I experienced it here in Japan. If you want to know about uh, relationships, most married, international marriage married guys will tell you that the sex stops after the kids are born because Japanese women will go all in on the children and I've heard actually from Japanese dudes as well it's not just international marriages but there's different expectations right in in when Westerners marry especially Westerners marry Japanese I think the Westerners expect to continue being intimate and having sex but Japanese women once the kids pop out it's wrapped up some people tell me like i haven't i haven't gotten juicy since my kid was born how old is your kid eight years Ooh, that shit burns me because like i said uh i mean eight years i think the longest stint i've gone without uh getting juicy which was when i moved back to the u.s to start my business i, mean, I was living at home right and uh, it was like, what, six, 
How long was that? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. No, when I went back, did I? It must have been like a a year, maybe. Okay, sorry. During that time, uh, yeah, okay. So during that year and a half, I went to Florida, but then halfway through, I went to California. So during that time, I got juicy. And so, yeah, the longest stint I've gone is probably uh, eight months, seven or eight months. And thinking about like, uh, thinking about eight years is like, damn, I can't. I, I, I guess it changes when you're older, when you're in your 40s and stuff, but... Even so, it's just that's even just hearing that is painful. Um, yeah, that's that's love in Japan. And if you want to experience, if you want to experience love in Japan, you know what you need to do. You need to love yourself first. Actually, that's that's real. That's real. And I'm not even saying you should come here to find a partner, but some people do. But you want to love yourself more i think you need to start listening to yourself and like i said in many podcasts before that's the main thing i learned to do in japan is listen and listening to myself you can see like i've said in this pot in this episode that during my love stint with uh my ex-girlfriend i really learned to listen to myself and Part of that was quitting that English teaching job and going for freelance writing, even though it didn't it didn't make any sense. It wasn't stable. My parents at the time were like, "What? You just graduated. You just got a stable job. What are you doing?" Nah, don't do it. But I was like, "Hey, I gotta listen. To, I gotta stay true to myself." And it, you know, sometimes people around you don't have the best your best interest at heart, right? They, and not, that's not to fault anybody, but they have an image of what you should be because it it means something it affects them but it's not necessarily what is going to make you feel fulfilled or necessarily what will make you the most successful and i had to listen to myself and so against all of the opinions of people i respect around me i said no i'm gonna listen and that's what i'm telling you that when you come here, you learn to listen. And I want to offer that to you. And so I have started a community. We have, it's called Raw Japan. We have uh, three Japanese people in there right now. Uh, one extra is somebody that I've spoken with on this podcast before. His name is Shu Ichiro. He owns Blue Roof, a juice cafe here in Itoshima. And there are a couple of foreigners in there as well. I love saying foreigner because I'm one. Westerners, non-Japanese. Um, <coughs> and we are having a live broadcast in this community, this Raw Japan community, on Sunday, the 25th. Maybe I should change that shit. Isn't that Thanksgiving? <laughs> let, me, let me just check that out real quick because that... I didn't even... That's how... That's how far removed I am. I, cause I mean, Thanksgiving. What is it? it really, just it's just 
it's just a day to really uh, fatten up yourself and have an excuse to meet up your family. When you should really be doing that, you should really be contacting your family throughout the year, showing gratitude, showing love. Don't wait. And the day, what is the Thanksgiving day? Oh, wait, Thanksgiving is the 22nd. What is this? I'm clicking some bogus shit. I think it's the 22nd, yeah? Okay, it's the 22nd. So 25th has nothing to do with anything. So the 25th, yes. The 25th. <laughs> wait, sorry. That's Thanksgiving is today. <laughs> Um, uh, the 25th is the first live broadcast we're having in the Raj Japan community. All you have to do to get in, I'm letting foreigners in, <laughs> foreign, I'm letting non-Japanese people in for free, uh, Japanese people have to pay, um, basically it is four weekly, four monthly calls, live calls where Japanese people and Westerners, non-Japanese get in on a live call and connect. I am the bridge. And so basically, these Japanese people do not have a, opportunities to meet non-Japanese often. And so they want to speak English. And you, my listeners, and my readers, I know are interested in Japanese culture. And so you have questions. But how can you get your questions answered about Japan? Especially if you're coming here to travel, you might want to uh, know about some nuance of the culture that you can't find online. And if you do find some answer online, it's probably some other non-Japanese person that has lived in Japan for a long time answering it. Because most Japanese people don't speak English, etc. So, to give you direct contact with Japanese people, straight from the source, uh, we are hosting these live calls. And so all you have to do is go to brandonchin.com Podia, P-O-D-I-A dot com and click the membership there. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change the, I'm going to change the link so it's easier for you. BrandonChin.net backslash community. <laughs> Forward slash. I've been, re- I've realized I've been saying backslash for 70, what? 72 episodes. That's lovely. Forward slash. I'm sure you guys already know what it is. BrandonChin.net. Back. <laughs> it's a habit. It's stuck in my mind. BrandonChin.net. Forward slash. Community. To go get inside this membership and join the live call for um, Sunday. Also, if you're interested in reading rather than watching, you can go to brandonchin.net forward slash raw and type in your email address there and you can get on the list to get my new book coming out soon and also receive my daily newsletter. I'll also be sending out the link via the newsletter where you can just click to join the live broadcast on Sunday. Uh, Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. And if you have any feedback for the podcast, let other people know about Raw Japan and or you just want to rant and leave your one star two star three star review that's fine as well of course i prefer five star reviews but i 
overall want your honest opinion because it helps me create better content for you so that I can serve you better. That's what I'm here to do. Be the bridge. Kakihashi. Kakibashi. I forget which one it was. And so, you can come to Japan without getting on a plane. Today is the 22nd of November, 2018. 1040. And I'm signing off. Good night.